hockey. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. And welcome into a Monday edition of Judd's Hockey Show. Judd and AJ with you. And uh, age last week, we uh, teased to the fact that with a while going into their 10-day break, uh, which is now underway because of their bye week in the All-Star game or in some form, that uh, we might be talking about prospects, that we might be talking about wild draft position. And we said that before they played a game against the Anaheim Ducks, who are a, not a good hockey team at all. They're one of the no. bottom feeders in the Western Conference. They're one of the bottom feeders in the entire National Hockey League. And then the Wild went and actually lost to the Ducks, blowing a third-period lead. They blew a third-period lead against Nashville on Thursday. That was very discouraging. They blew a third-period lead against the Ducks on Hockey Day in Minnesota, ruining what has been a long-standing great day for the fans here. Um, and more than ever, I think, AJ, it is very, very fair to talk about the future, to talk about where the Wild might be drafting. To, because I'm sorry, man, but if they if they do anything here other than punt, it is a huge mistake. They just ain't that good. I don't care. We can say, well, they have had some. Yeah, you know what? At one point, John Hines t- takes over. They go 11 and 3. That's great. Uh, but Saturday was just, I mean, they just look like they are cooked. It looks like it's done. Uh, it should be done. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, we do have a bit of breaking news here, which is not going to be earth sh- uh, shattering at all. No. As we sit down to um, record this podcast on Monday, the Wild has made another waiver claim or a w- waiver claim they have claimed off uh from the jets declan chisholm a defenseman who is mainly a minor league player so he's going to go to the wilds american hockey league affiliate affiliate in iowa and join will butcher who was obtained from pittsburgh last week now this is largely because the system itself is not plentiful on defensemen uh, and there are obviously guys up here that probably shouldn't be up here. So in the case of Butcher and, Chis- and Chisholm, I don't know if there's any type of National Hockey League plan there. Uh, if nothing else, they can restock the American Hockey League affiliate. But before we start with your list, before yes. we, um, did you catch in any of that game on Saturday? And how absolutely, um, it's not disgusting, that's too strong a word. How absolutely defeated did you think this team looked after losing to a Ducks team? I'll give them this. They try hard, but they ain't a complete group at all yet. Yeah, uh, this was a game that I had to kind of watch sparingly. The past two games, I'll admit, I wasn't able to actually sit down and watch start to finish. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, granted, based on the results, maybe they did me a favor. uh, Just because what I did catch of the game, this... And I said this on Twitter, this cements, I think, the outlook for the Wild, the remainder of this season. If you cannot go into the third period leading the Anaheim Ducks in a, I mean, this was the last must, must, must win game. And I think, I think, I think it was decided after the the blown uh, win to Nashville, where you're leading into the third, same, same predicament. And then you just kind of crumble losing to this Anaheim Ducks team. Winning going into the final 20, I mean, that's that's all you need to know about this club and what they can do. And I know, sure, they're missing some guys here and there, and people are hurt and all this other stuff. But, I mean, and I, I'm a broken record on it. With the with the hole that you're in and the just how far behind the NHL's 2-1-0 points structure, you're, you're just not a good enough team. You're not a lucky enough team to be able to win and have other people lose so that you can get back into the picture. 
back in the mix of things, get a wild card spot. There's just not enough time left. And frankly, I mean, you're you're going to be sitting on that point of you're drafting outside of the top 10, but you're not going to be pushing for a playoff picture. So this tells you everything you need to know about the team. Um, it, you know, you can't lose to the Ducks. I mean, I don't care how shorthanded At you home. are. At home. On, on hockey, hockey day, day, we never lose. On hockey day. On lose. hockey day, you never lose on hockey day. Keep in mind, the Ducks were, uh, they snapped a 13-game lo- losing streak. That's that's how bad that that club is. And you let them walk into your building on hockey day and, and snap that, that losing streak. So, yeah. Without um, Zegras, too. Oh, don't. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. It, it, I don't even want I'm not mad, though. I'm, you know no, what? I'm, I, I am, I am at peace with this. I am accepting of this. Like, I'm not, this isn't like the old days, AJ, where it's like, okay, this is ridiculous. These guys, um, I think that this is just an acceptance of this team does not, and look, this team deserves no help. Mm -hmm. Um, They're not deep. They, you know, poor Gustafson, the last two games, at some point in time, you know, he's not Ken Dryden. He's going to allow goals. And so I'm not mad. Now, it's important to keep a couple of things here in, in mind as we start this exercise talking about yeah. where you know where it's possible that the wild will go with draft picks. The first thing is half the league does not make the playoffs. So there's 32 teams. 16 make it, 16 don't. The way that the lottery is now set up, the teams that have a chance at the top pick are the top 11 because you can't move up more than a certain amount of spots. So you do not want to be like team 13. You're screwed then. And and you're yeah you stand to get a good player, but you're not in the lottery. And God knows what the Wild has going for it now is a chance to be in the lottery. So as of right now, H, tell me where the Wild would potentially draft, and then start to go through your list. I believe it's ten deep of players that you have unearthed as being potential draft picks for a team that I'll I'll remind people in a couple of years there's a lot of help coming. It's not in Iowa. It's, you know, Russians and Swedes. <laughs> There's a lot of help. So as we talk about the Wild potentially transitioning into being in very good shape coming out of cap hell, give me the lowdown on a draft position and then the, some players' names that you liked. Yeah so, what, yeah, so what I'll do here is let you know they are sitting currently in the sixth spot. That gives them a 7.5% chance of getting that first overall selection. And I think we all know who that is at this point. But what we'll go through here is I have uh, my top 10 and I'll go counting down from 10 to one Perfect. from kind of those fringe guys to if they can get that first overall pick who they're going to get. Let's start off maybe, though, with a couple of honorable mentions, uh, a couple guys who maybe just couldn't quite crack the top 10. I think maybe with this second half of the season leading up to the draft, as well as just maybe what the wild are looking for at this time, some stuff can maybe shift out. These guys, I think, could potentially get into that top 10 conversation. Starting off first, and maybe the longest shot here, but I am, I'll admit, I'm incredibly high on him. The center from the Kelowna Rockets, Tej Ginla, the eldest son. Oh, you just of, like the uh, last name? Jerome McGinley. No, well, the thing about him is he's an excellent skater. He's yeah. got great size. He's able to beat guys in that kind of long north south uh, skating ability. So he's got the speed, and which is incredible because he doesn't sacrifice any, anything there despite his size. And he, his puck skills from a lot of uh, scouts, I mean, they're remarkable. He holds on to the puck, and it's almost like it's super glued to his stick. Um, I'm seeing him go as late as, like, 30th. I'm seeing him go as high as 9th. 
okay. from a lot of mocks. So this is maybe the biggest wild card. Interesting. I think he's a, a, a very low teen pick right now. And I think if you can get him mid-teens, late teens, that is going to be the pick of the draft if it were today. Okay. Right outside there as well. Right winger, and I think maybe the most well-rounded winger in the draft. He's not the most dynamic guy by any sense, but he does a lot of things really well. The jack-of-all-trades may be master of none. Sure. There's Michael Bransig Nygaard. He plays over in Norway. Um, in the uh, He plays with Mora right now. Um, he's got a pro build, which I think is like the biggest addition to his game. He's not going to go out on the ice and get pushed around. Um, maybe the biggest thing that adds to him, a very competitive motor. Like he's always getting to the corners. Uh, he's all, like he, he does. He doesn't take a shift off. Power forward. Yes. Um, two defensemen that are also outside of the top ten, in my opinion. Adam Yurichek, younger brother of David Yurichek, um, first overall selection or not first overall, first round selection by the Columbus Blue Jackets. I want to say last year. He maybe. just ripped the team. He just ripped the team. So that's you know maybe there's some maybe there's some well, uh, off ice stuff that you never know. But. Blue Jackets deserve it. So don't get me wrong. <laughs> Um, he great mobility. He's well-rounded. Uh, he's having a down year right now and he got hurt, uh, the first game of the world juniors. So we'll have to see maybe where he comes back once he does return to play. Maybe that affects his draft stock, um, as we approach the draft and then, uh, American Zeev Buiam. He's a left-handed defenseman. He logged a lot of minutes, uh, in the U S gold medal, uh, campaign here at the world juniors. I think he played 18 minutes or more in every single game for the U S uh, just once again, very well-rounded. He sort of does it all. He's a very good two-way defenseman. Now, you brought this up a few weeks back, and and the more I examined it, I'm inclined to think that you're correct, too. I think as we go through this list, I do think that if you are looking at positions where you would probably lean towards, if it's a close call, feel like defense and center. Mm-hmm. But defense for sure. Because Spurgeon's going to age out, right? Right. Faber is going to be great. You've certainly got some guys, but it feels like to me that if I was just breaking things down, if I was uh, Bill Guerin, Judd Brackett, perhaps, since my name is Judd, um, I feel like center because you can never really have enough and defense for sure. Uh, Right-handed shots, probably, but those would feel like to me to be the two spots. Okay. Well, this works well into my number 10. I figured this was prospect. Yep. 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 Out of Saginaw spirit in the uh, in the OHL, six foot, one hundred seventy eight pound right hand shot offensive defenseman Zane Perrick. Graphics, he, we have graphics, folks. I I spent I spent quite a time this, this is weekend. Very nice, AJ. Twenty two goals and sixty six points in forty three games played in the OHL for Perrick this season. My quick write up is he's an electric offensive defenseman. He's not afraid on cutting down into the slot and kind of almost like quarterbacking and bringing the play low himself. He does find himself low in the zone as well. He'll get um, kind of into the corners and he's not afraid to jump on the rush, almost like a winger would and overload the defense with an on man rush. A lot of, a lot of younger defensemen. I think you may notice, like I have to stay along the blue line. That's my role. Yeah, he doesn't. He's very confident in his offensive ability. And I think what he lacks defensively maybe makes up for that with what he does in the offensive zone. Sounds like a power play guy. Yes. And my one takeaway is that it's at times he does roam almost too freely. And I think he, uh, his coach has said that they've been working on that um, this year. He's been cutting back on it, but he almost will like at times be so confident where he wants to go that he just bunches up 
with maybe a winger and almost step on their territory in the offensive zone. So he's very confident in his ability there, which is good. Uh-huh. It's just he's got to scale it back and be a little more conservative at times. But number 10, Zane Perrick, right-handed offensive defenseman. And I will say this, in watching, and Dean didn't mind it, but I feel like Hines encourages a lot. I think Hines really likes it when the defensemen jump up into the play. So this sort of dovetails. Like if if you look at, at what the defensemen have done, especially since Hines got the job. Middleton, for instance, is always in the play now. And he's never a guy that I thought of like that. So this guy's skill set might be a very nice fit for what John Hines wants to do long-term here. To number nine. Consta Hellenius. A Finnish center, five foot 11, 180 pounds. He's currently on loan in Liga with Ukurit. He's from uh, Tapara originally. He's got eight goals, 24 points in 35 games played this year. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who a year ago, when we were looking a year out, I had top five. I did, like He kind of has all the characters you'd want out of a center. And I think in a draft that's a little shyer on center products, he's still going to get the benefit of the, benefit of the doubt because he's one of the few centers that I think tracks is still eventually being a top-line center for any team that takes him. Sure. He's having a little bit of a down year. And you saw that with the World Juniors. I want to say he had two points in Finland's run. It was a, it was maybe a lackluster uh, time for him, despite some other successful games for his team. But the thing is, he's a flat-out uh, natural playmaking center. Uh, he's seen his numbers dip slightly. His team has kind of had some on-and-off games. Uh, but where he really stands out in his game is his passing ability and his drive to compete. Um, a lot of the film that I've watched on this guy, you you will similar to how we talk about maybe Brock Faber making a mistake. He makes so few, so you remember them. Okay, when he makes an errant pass, you're going to remember it because uh-huh. he he let he has so few. The accuracy, the vision, and the weight of his passes, whether it's a quick dump off or like a stretch pass cross ice, it's it's incredible how good he is at finding his teammates. And so any winger that's going to be on his line is going to benefit and have their play elevate just because of how he distributes the puck and how well he is. His shot is all right. I wouldn't say it's the best, but it does get, uh, you know, he a quick release, which is what you want. It's not going to wow you or anything. But the thing is, back to his drive, he plays a full 200-foot game. He will go to the dirty area. He, he's not a, he's not the smallest guy, but uh, he, he he's not going to play like he's a six-foot-three guy either. Right. But he's not afraid to go into the corners against those bigger guys as well. So this is a center that it's a true two-way guy. That has a passing ability, so you're going to uh, see him probably be a top six center, if not a top line center, for any team that takes him. I'm very intrigued there. I'm very intrigued, except for, for the fact that you have him ranked ninth. He's from Finland, yeah. and that's Koivu's number. I don't like that, but you know what? I've got to get past that myself. So, yeah, if if the if the dude can pass like like that and perhaps operate on the PK, that's going to be a big help. Number eight, we still stay in the center slot. Caden Lindstrom with the Medicine Hat Tigers in the WHL. Interesting note on him. Six months ago, he was listed at six foot five, two hundred and twenty pounds. Ooh. NHL scouting now recently has downgraded that to six three and a quarter, two hundred and ten pounds. What happened? Not sure. Not not sure what happened there in terms of just how he goes about. That's a lot of. That's shrinking. That, that's a noticeable shrink. Yeah. Um. Twenty seven goals. 46 points and 32 games played this year with medicine hats. Um, the thing about him, he's an athletic freak. Like this guy, despite like, he's a big guy, he's got the size, he's got that pro build. You're going to hear that a lot from my top 10. Like it. He, he plays bigger 
than he probably looks, which is impressive. And how many times have we seen the bigger wild winger maybe shy away from playing like that? Maybe too often, right? Right. Jordan Greenway, maybe a Charlie Coyle, maybe at times now Matt Boldy. This guy loves playing bigger than the opposition. You'll, You'll see him like use his body size, his weight advantage, his size advantage more often than not to drive to the net, gain, uh, you know, gain the puck in the corner, uh, separate the opposition from the puck. He leans into that a lot, and that's maybe a crutch at times, but it's working. Like, th- this is a guy that when he is on the ice, he's dominating. He's the focal point of the offense. Um, and when he does pick up the puck in the center ice, like you'd expect a guy like that, he has to kind of get up to speed and, you right. know, it's chugging along. It's incredible how quickly he's able to get to top speed. So he's moving through that neutral ice in a couple of strides, almost gazelle-like. Um, this is a guy that kind of, he's got a lot of raw talent. So I don't, there, there maybe is more of a, um, of a project there for some NHL teams than maybe what they want to. If they want a long play, that's the guy. If they're maybe not ready to be competitive in a year or two, maybe they want to, they're just getting into the rebuild. This is the guy for them. But uh, because of he's maybe a longer project than what a team would want, I think he drops a spot or two. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, and and that that sounds like I wouldn't think that would make the Wild dismiss him immediately, but I also would guess that that would not be a top choice. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because they are going to be, I will say this, and a couple of years ago coming out of Cap Hell or Purgatory, they should be prepared to be pretty dang good. Mm-hmm. Like this should not be a this should not be like a five year process. So that's interesting. All right, we'll take a, a trip to number seven here, and this is this, this is close because seven, seven and eight. I think you could swap on any given day. Okay, but because of maybe a more ready and what I've seen so far from him, Berkeley Catton is number seven. Spokane Chiefs WHL. He's five foot eleven, hundred and seventy pounds. He's got thirty one goals, seventy one points in forty three games played this year. And keep in mind that's seventy one points on a bad. Bad Spokane Chiefs team. Mm-hmm. He he is the offense for them. Um, he is a shifty, slippery playmaker. Um, he's just a pro at using his space to his benefit. You'll often see him when they're setting up the zone, allow the defender to like he'll bait them in, and then he'll either just like sidestep them and make the play happen, or he'll have that passing ability to make them pay by drawing them out. And I think that's what the Wild. I'm not saying that the Wild need another talented center at this point. I mean, you can't go wrong with always having him. So center, I think right. is one of the more uh, dry positions. And when you get a good one, yep. you want to hold on to him. but yep. look at their power play. It's a lot of standing around at times. And I think that's been my, you, you, they try to bait the uh, opposition out of, out of position. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that would thrive there. Um, his puck control through the neutral zone impresses scouts as he seems to almost like keep his pace or pick up speed while receiving passes. He's just so shifty and quick. His footwork is tremendous. Um, he's got a lot of, of raw offensive talent and should, should see him off the board as the first forward after the big three here that we'll get to later on in my top 10. Okay. That's, um, that's intriguing right there. And I, I agree completely with, with your point. You can never have enough centers. Like you can always use them. I mean, in hell, worst case, you can move them, right? Yeah. But yeah, I think what we have seen with this team is it's not a, it's not a position where I think that you ever say, well, we're sort of tapped out there. Um, and the Wilds, you know, had a lot of what I would call serviceable ones. Uh, I don't know that they've had a lot of high-end ones, and I think that's what starting in a couple of years needs to and could change. 
All right, to number six. This is where I think the this is the thick of the like high end talent of the draft. So at six, okay, the, like the, here and up is where you're really getting right. into like you're getting a, a solid prospect. Okay, um, it's number six, Sam Dickinson, left handed defenseman, London Knights of the OHL, six foot three, two hundred four pounds, uh, thirteen goals, forty two points in forty five games so far in the OHL with the Knights this year. He's just incredibly sound defensively. Constantly smothering the puck carriers, eliminates their space to work. He often drives them to the low percentage areas. Uh, went up against a more talented forward. He has that length and active stick to kind of break up any any play as they uh, enter the blue line. I would say he's the best defender in the draft. He has he has probably the highest floor, but maybe not the highest ceiling. He would be like if you're in this top six, if you want a, a safe pick, it's him. Yes. Can you step in? He he is your safe defensive pick. He's going to be a top four guy for you. He has day one. I I would I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it. I I he might need a little time to like get into it. Sure. Uh, depending on how your defensive structure is. Um. But keep in mind this: the London Knights last year had a guy named Oliver Bonk who went in the oh, first yeah. round. Yep. After getting thrown into a bigger role, Sam Dickinson a year younger was getting down their playoff stretch, getting put into mainstay situations in crucial times above Oliver Bonk. Mm. He, he is, he is their calming Brock Faber, almost like presence on the blue line. He has been a rock for them uh, all of last year, all of this year. Um, like I said, safest D man in the draft, just because of how high his floor is defensively. He could develop into a pretty fantastic two way forward. Cause he does have the skills. I think, um, to develop as an offensive guy a bit as well, but just based off his defensive ability, six, he's safe. You can't go wrong with him unless you have like the first or second pick. Like th- that is a solid pick, no matter where you get him in, in that middle six. Okay. All right. We head to number five. We're going to also stick th- this. Do you like unicorns, Judd? How about this? Oh yeah. Yeah. I love, let me introduce you to Anton Salayev. Okay. Russian left handed defenseman currently with torpedo Nizhny Novgorod in the KHL 211 pounds, six feet, seven inches, a mammoth. Wow. Chara. He's, 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 his skating is incredible. And I'm not saying that as like, you have to take his size into account. Like he's good. I'm not saying that his skating is incredible. End of period. The way that he's able to move on the puck, you would ha- you would think that he is a five foot six guy, Woo! like he, the way he's able to open up his hips, walk the blue line. He is, uh, I think, with the gentleman who's going to be next on my list, probably the two best uh, of the mobile defenders in this draft class. It's incredible just how good he is on the puck, and with that, his ceiling might be hot, the highest. Like if he achieves everything the highest defender in this draft class. We just don't know yet. Right now he's got three goals on 11 uh, with 11 points in 53 games for uh, torpedo this year. So like the numbers aren't really there, but he is on their power play. He's on their penalty kill. Maybe his like flaw is that he almost, he's, he gets a little trigger happy when he's on the power play. When he's on the blue line, he will opt to just let his shot fly towards the net instead of maybe look for a better option. You could argue on the other side of the coin is I'd rather a guy be 
confident in his ability right. rather you know right. rather than give up a chance. Yep. I can see the other side of people saying, "Well, no, I want him I want to be more patient and have him grow into that." I'm I'm fine with it. For a guy his size, that is a physical presence too cuz you can always have him bulk up a little bit. Like I said, he's 211 right now. You can have him bulk up. So he is a rail right now. Yes, and that's that's the one thing. He 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 is a little uh, you know, weak for wear, but I think just given his size, he's just coming out of that uh, kind of 17 years of age. You're, right. you're going to be able to get him a little bulkier there. So um, Anton Salayev, six foot seven. I mean, unicorn defenseman. Left or right-handed shot? Left-handed. Okay. So he could be paired with a guy like Brock then. Faber. Yes, absolutely. Okay. That's, um, that, that does sound, as far as size go, those specs, that sounds like uh, Chara. Yeah, and that and that's the thing. Like, because on skates, he's what six nine seven feet. Yeah, and if you if you watch him, it like it's hilarious because you'll see him just like let this wrist shot go, and you see guys that look like toddlers ducking out of the way. Like he's he's just so tall. It's, Interesting. His his highlights are fun to watch. Okay. Um, moving to number four, and this is the everybody up until this point has been tier three in terms of like talent. This is going to be a tier th- two and a half, I would say. Okay. He has been so impressive. He hasn't quite bumped up to a tier two yet. So I have him in tier three, but Artyom Lev- uh, Levshinov. He's nice. A, he's a right-handed defenseman. He's playing at Michigan State right now. Six foot two, 208. He's got seven goals, 26 points, and 26 games played this year. This guy is, he's the complete package. I would say he's, if not, He's he's a top three, if not the best defender in NCAA this season. Um, he's a pro built right shot defenseman that arguably could be a um, maybe a top three if you really really need a defender. Along with Salayev, he's a top skater on the blue line for the class. He's a triple threat for opposing teams with the superior mobility, uh, quality passing, and shot. What impresses me the most about his game is his athletic IQ, um, his calmness on the puck. He looks like a veteran leading the breakout. Uh, moving through the neutralize, he commands the D zone on the PK, like smothering similar to what I was talking about with Sam Dickinson, mm-hmm. maybe not the same level of defensive ability right now, but he's a little bit more complete on the offensive side of the game. So he is, he's really going to help you in all three phase, uh, assets of the zone. He plays that 200 foot game. He's a better player right now than Saliv, which is why I have him at four instead of five. But I think Saliv, like I said, just because of his size and everything with him, maybe has a higher ceiling down the road. The one I don't care about this. I know some scouts do and some teams do. And I think it's the dumbest thing ever Hmm. because everybody's in the same draft class here, right? He was born in October of 05. So he's one of the older top prospects in this draft. And some people, well, well, you know, well, he's older, but they're all in the same class. So what is it? What does it matter? If he's a good player, he's a good player. So, um, Artyom Levshinov, that is my number four. We now jump into tier two. Okay. Tier two. Okay. So top three. Or t- yep. Cole Iserman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Left wing, U.S. development program, Boston University commit, six foot, 197 pounds. He's got 34 goals, 55 points, and 32 games this year with the U.S. National Development U18 team. Do you like elite scores, Judd? Who doesn't Cole, like elite scores? Cole Eiserman is for you. He is on his way to surpassing Cole Caulfield's record for goals 
amongst the U.S. national development team. Uh, he's a dynamic goal scorer in the truest sense, the ability to elevate any power play unit that has him on the ice. He excels at having really zero weaknesses in the offensive zone and can practically cre- uh, create scoring chances from anywhere. If it's on his offhand, strong hand, is he up near the point? Is he down below the goal? Low angle in the slot. He will play the big game if he needs to in the slot screening, tipping. He's good there. He can have that one timer, like hammer one time shot from out wide. Um, sneaky strong also on the puck. Like he, he's very strong on his skates, but with his skating, it's just, it's less than ideal for what he like that removes him from maybe being like the complete package on offense. What's, uh, what's the height and weight? Six foot, 197. Okay. Pounds. Okay. So he's got, he's got decent size. Yes. He's not huge, but he's not Caulfield small. No, exactly. And that's where I that think, was what scared teams. Yeah. And I think that's why that's going to help him. Um, biggest knock on him, like I said, is his skating. He's good enough off like rushes and odd man, odd man breaks, but he lacks that explosiveness and the edge work to maybe create more separation and one-on-one opportunities. Yeah, but if you can score, you can score. Exactly. And that's, that's why I think no matter, like if he was out there in a walker, his scoring ability, his scoring ability is going to be just fine. And and that's going to translate. Um, he's maybe the best in, this is not just like me throwing it out. This is multiple, uh, scouts and analysts saying this. He is probably the most true goal scorer they've seen in the draft since Austin Matthews. Oh. Like, he is that's a goal not, scorer. Whoa. So. So we're talking a potential 50-burger. Yes. Someday. Like, yes. This is a. Okay. This is a, he's putting up, a, like, first season, 25 minimum. Wow. Okay. We head to number two. And I did the, the same thing with, uh. Salayev and Levshinov, you, or excuse me, Bratton and Berkeley earlier. You could probably flop these guys if you really wanted to, depending on what you're looking for as a team. Sure. But number two, Ivan Demidov. Oh, yeah, I've seen him. St. Petersburg in the MHL in Russia, five foot 11, 181 pounds, yep. 20 goals, 45 points in 23 games played this year. He was hurt. He missed about eight or 10 weeks, I want to say, um, leading up to kind of the holiday time. So that has stunted like his games played, but like you, as you can tell, he's been just fine. He recently got back to uh, recently got back to uh, playing. He's one of the flashiest pro- uh, prospects, if not the flashiest in the draft. He uh, seems to have a bit of that like pro style rounded out game, um, more so than maybe a former Russian draft pick Matvey Michkov. I think he is a bit lower. Like if they were in the same draft, he might go a pick or two after him. Mm-hmm. But based on kind of the stinginess of this draft. Two, I think, is just fine for him. A highly skilled playmaking forward who is capable of highlight real plays on a nightly basis with his silky smooth puck handling, above average shooting, and impressive passing ability. He's a game breaker. Like, he is going to be out there putting up a highlight reel. Like, you, you, we've seen what Trevin, Trevor Zegras did, putting up a, a highlight reel that's probably better than some guys' entire career. Sure. Highlight reels. He's going to be that type of guy, but I think probably finish a little bit more. He'll be able to elevate um, his, the team around him more. Strong skating, but some scouts say that he uh, maybe could look to add an extra gear. And the other knock on him is at times he's almost like too flashy. He almost needs at times to just simplify his game. But I would rather have a guy, once again, have those weapons in his arsenal and then scale it back rather than not have it and try to add. On the Russians, AJ, where do things stand as far as um, um, timetable to come here as well? Like, has there been... You know, because you don't know some some guys in the KHL, they don't get released. You know, Kaprizov clearly took. I mean, 
he fell to the fifth round solely on that concern. But has there been in, uh, speculation or thought process with a guy like Demidov about about how quickly he could get here? So he's currently under contract through the 24-25 season okay. um, in Russia. And the thing is, like, could he come over right away? Maybe, but it's always just so probably murky. Not. Yeah, it's so And murky. you could probably add a year to that. Like, it feels like a lot of these guys, or some of them for sure, stay the extra year. Yeah, exactly. So there always seems to be that, like, extra, oh, we're going to tack on one more year of extension yeah. just just because type of thing. Yeah. So let's say, you know, 24-25 probably turns into 25-26, and then you have them for the 26-27 Okay, which puts him at that point 20-something, right? 20. Exactly. So it's. Three or so, 22, 23? Yeah. Okay. And then we come to number one. I think there's no surprise here. Macklin Celebrini. Ah, Celebrini. Celebrini. How could it not be him? And he moves into a tier of his own. He is tier one. Woo! The only one. The only one. Macklin Celebrini, center, Boston University, six foot, 190 pounds. He's got 17 goals, 33 points, and 21 games played this year. He had four goals, eight points, and five World Junior Championship games with uh, the, with Canada this, uh, this past holiday season. He's coming off a sh- shoulder injury last offseason. Yep. That has not slowed him down one bit. Nope. He's thrived in the NCAA for as just, honestly, as young as he is, one of the younger guys in all of college hockey. Yep. Great hands, tactical shot from anywhere in the ozone, hard work in the defensive area. For his age, remarkable off-the-puck movement. Like, he gets himself into the right spots, which I think is the biggest thing for a guy his age. Like, he's leaps and bounds ahead of other guys who are a year or two or maybe older. Yep. So he's got that. He's maybe been in the league mindset already. Um, so yeah, puts his, puts his, uh, himself in the places that you're really going to want, um, a guy off the puck to be, he does that consistently and he anticipates the play. really like no one other in college hockey right now. Um, I wouldn't put him in like the Bedard McDavid Crosby tier. Right. But I would say, Jack Eichel, Jack Hughes, like he's a step down. This is a guy that that's not too bad though. No, no, no. He's like superstar for whatever team that takes him. He's going to be not, not a generational talent, but he is going to be a superstar uh, dominated the college level. So there's really no doubt that we should see that drop off moving into the NHL. I think it'll, you know, you'll have a grace period like anybody else, but this is a guy that will adjust just fine to the, uh, to the NHL game. Six foot, 190 pounds. He's got a pro build once again, so you don't have to worry about size issue there. He's got the hockey smarts. He's got the talent in pretty much every aspect of the game. Number one overall, hands down, Macklin Celebrini. Okay, so where does your, at what name do you stop being genuinely excited in your top 10 list? For me, so if we go down here, I would say if we get to, I could be, I could probably get out of bed for, Eight, Caden Lindstrom. Okay. As soon as you get to the finish, uh, finish center and Consta Hellenius, like I said, I, I do think on a team, he could probably be the number one center. He's not going to be a flashy number one center, but he's going to be like a, cons- he's going to be a consistent number one Sounds center. Sounds just like Koivu, my God. It's yeah. Great. Well, I mean, hey, you know, finish. Oh, I wouldn't get out of bed for that one. No. Um, I think just because of the like raw talent you get from both Berkeley Cat and Caden Lindstrom, you could probably get excited about it, but we're, if if I really had to like wake up with a pulse in my neck, Sam Dickinson, Sam okay. Dickinson is a very strong. So if you're, if you're six and higher, I feel like you're really going to get a good prospect. If you're four or higher, a really, really good guy. Because I think, like I said, Artyom Levshinov could be a tier two if he finishes the season strong at uh, Michigan state. And then 
you know, anything higher than that, you're running wild. And all of this is why the wild losing is not a bad thing, folks. It's why we shouldn't get mad. It's because of, of the fact that what looks to be an already pretty bright future could be even brighter if we just suck it up and embrace <laughs> the losing that should come with the rest of the season. AJ, great work. That was fantastic. We'll um, do, do this on occasion for sure, because I'm sure that you will, if nothing else, move the names of the puzzle around as the draft uh, draws closer. But the Wild needs to do its part. Needs to stay very much in the uh, top 10 here. Six, five would be absolutely fantastic. Judd's Hockey Show. He's AJ. I'm Judd. We'll talk to you soon.